0: The Apostle Paul is begging us, imploring us, beseeching Christians, hey, live a life worthy of who you are in Christ. That word, worthy, we saw, is a scale where our talk should equal our walk, where our doctrine, what we say we believe, should equal how we actually live this. That's what he's saying. I beg you, I implore you, I beseech you, just live your life where your walk equals your talk. Just do that, and you'll be glorifying God, right? And then we saw in verse 2 last week, the first few steps. He says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, if you read this kind of quickly, you're kind of like, you might skip over, be completely and humble and gentle, yeah, 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 and you get to the, the mechanic, be patient, Patience. bearing with wonder, right, and you're like, no, no, we got to slow way down. Isn't it interesting, he says, hey, I beg you, I implore you, I beseech you, walk where your walk matches your talk, and last week he said, first step, humility. Biblical humility complete in every area of your life. Humility. And we looked at that last week. What is biblical humility? Well, to the Greeks and the Romans, humility was despised. It was held in contempt. You were considered a weak, weakling, a coward, right? In that culture. Jesus comes in and flips it. He says, "No, you want to be great in my kingdom? Learn to be the servant of all." Right? Philippians 2:5 and 80. Right? Jesus example So, it was it was—it's was pretty fascinating, and it stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, okay, we get all raring to go. Lord, send me across the world. Lord, I want to evangelize. Lord, I want to live for you. I want to do great things for you. He goes like, really? You want to walk with me? Yeah, I want to walk with you, Jesus. He goes, all right, be completely humble. <laughs> what? <laughs> <clears throat> but I want to do all this stuff for you, Jesus. I want to do. I want to, I want to make a difference. Really? You want to walk with me? Yeah, I'm going to walk with you. Okay, be completely humble. Why was that a starting point? Well, we saw in Proverbs, right? It's a heart issue. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. If we're going to have a walk outside, actually, I say inside these walls and outside, that matches our talk, it starts with our heart. And the core of our heart is humility. Why? Because that deals with self, and pride, and self-centeredness, and selfishness, right? And it was really interesting. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about this. Because we saw in Isaiah 6, right? Isaiah has this vision of God. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. And biblical humility we saw is rooted in who God is and who we're not. Except for who we are in Christ. And Isaiah saw the Lord as his vision of the Lord in his temple and he's like, whoa, whoa. And, and we saw if we're going to have a walk worthy of if we're going to leave here and, and interact even within the church in a way that is honoring the God, that is worthy of our calling, it starts with this vision of God and His holiness and then us in relationship to that. And I was thinking of this vision and he's like, okay, you want to come follow me? First step is this, humility. The first step of having a walk worthy of the Lord who God is. Because when we rightly understand who God is, and we're humbled before Him, it changes our heart. And when our heart changes, everything changes. Everything changes in our life. How we see everything. How we see everything. I remember when, when I got baptized, I was, I was in San Diego at the time, and they held the baptisms at Mission Bay. And a bunch of people came out, got baptized, and I came out of the water. And the only thing I wanted to do at that moment, in that spiritual moment with the Lord, was take a walk. And all I could do was just, just walk. I didn't want to hear anything. I didn't want to be around anyone because that was such a moment for me that changed everything. It profoundly impacted me that I just, I just something in my heart, something in my perspective changed Right? Maybe you've had these moments at a conference or even at home when you have this time of worship and how many of you have ever had this time of worship and time of worship that you just don't want to end? Anyone? It's just been so profound. It's just been you and God or you were at a concert or you were in a retreat or you, whenever, you're in your car and you're just like, Lord, this is awesome. I don't want to leave. I don't want this to end. Unfortunately, you gotta to wait to heaven. Right? We have these moments where we're humbled before God and we're overwhelmed by His grace, His love, His mercy. And then the challenge for us, as much as we love that, is that life calls. And we got to do this. Really? This was so good. I love this. I don't want this to end. I just, Lord... Lord, this is awesome. He's like, I know. But you got a commission. You got to go. So, so Lord, why do I do that? I love the humility part. Yes, I get it. Okay, step two. Meek. Gentle. Right? In the NIV, it says, be completely humble and gentle. That preposition and really links those two words very, very closely. <laughs> Humility actually leads to gentleness, or actually the better word is meekness. Meekness, right? If we're going to have a walk worthy, where our walk matches our talk, where God is glorified in the totality of our life, yeah, we humble, then we got to get up and be out there salt and light, in what meekness gentleness and that's what we're gonna look at today what is biblical gentleness biblical meekness right in the King James it says with all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering for bearing one another I gotta be honest with you this word meekness in the Greek it is one of the most difficult challenging words to bring into English in one word. In one clean cut sentence. This idea of meekness, right? It, if you look at it, you're like, well how can the NIV says gentleness, other versions say gentleness, and King James says meekness. If you look at it, meekness, where, I, where I'm kind of landing right now, is really a disposition of heart. It's a heart condition, it's a disposition coming out of humility, it flows out of humility, whereas gentleness, in some sense, can be can be seen as a display of meekness. Someone who's meek in heart tends to be gentle. So meekness, I mean you're going to see meekness throughout, even in verses that say gentle, I put meekness. Because meekness, I love sort of that word, because it's not used very often in, in our comments. So meekness is a good word for us to latch on to. Gentleness, right? Gentleness. What's that mean? Right? So we're gonna look at meekness. Meekness, right? Because we have to get up, right? We want us to hear where he says, get up. And here's the crazy thing: he says, get up. And you gotta have humility and meekness because you gotta deal with people and life. <laughs> and begins in the church. John 13, 34 to 35. A new command I give you: love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Ephesians four two and three. We just read it. Be completely humble and meek. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Now, interesting. Jesus says, "Hey, church, you want to glorify me? How many of you want to glorify God in your life? How many of you want? All, how many want? How many of you want the world to know you're a disciple of Jesus?" Well, look at, Eileen, look at John 13 34 and 35. How does, he, how does Jesus say to do that? Love one another. Who's he talking about? Church. The church. Yeah, point to the person next to you and smile. Uh, that's you. That's you. Check this out. Don't miss this. Because Jesus knows us better than we want to like let on. He's like, hey, church and Christians, you want to glorify me? It starts in the family. Love one another in this room in the same way that Jesus loves you. Now turn to the person next to you and say, I love you, man. (laughs) Why is that so crazy? Why is that so crazy? Because in this room right now, there's a diversity. There's a diversity of spiritual maturity, there's a diversity of personality, there's a diversity of age, there's a diversity of preference, there's a diversity, there's a diversity, and there's a diversity. And whenever you get a bunch of diversity together, that's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) The music's too loud, the music's too soft, it's too hot, it's too cold, right? Donuts again? Where's the cream? (laughs) It's a recipe. Some of you are like, oh man, how did he know? (laughs) Isn't it amazing? Jesus says, hey church, you want the whole world to know you're my followers? Love each other. Which requires humility and meekness. To even love the person next to you. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Because here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. When when we finish, Mark's going to say something like, amen, or you're dismissed. And everyone has to stand up and start interacting. And before you finish your donut, before you get to your car, you just might be tested by somebody here. Who says something Who slights you Who took the donut that you really were looking for Before you even leave church And go out to the big bad world You will be tested in humility and meekness Right here We call it the rock tumbler How many of you remember the rock tumbler? Right? 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 and you put the rocks all jagged, you put them in a tumbler and they come out like yay! Anyone? Welcome to what's called the church. And who's the rocks? And who does God use to refine each rock? Turn to the person next to you and smile and say you're welcome. <laughs> Barring the supernatural work of God, this room would be empty. It is. I've been in ministry almost thirty years. The church is not a nice place. At times. He's not talking about us. He's talking about other churches. The church—it's—but for the supernatural work of God, who would have this? It's tough. Church people can be mean. Church people can be demanding. Can I get an amen? amen. Oh, <laughs> Even this week, I got a, I got a, I'm going to say I, we got an email. <laughs> humility and meekness, 48 hours ago. Right? If your heart's not right, and it's crazy, humility and meekness, boy, we just want to react. Boy, we just want to get angry. Boy, we just want to get defensive. Boy, we just want to put people in their place. Boy, we want to just race to the donuts. And get what I want. Because it's really all about me, isn't it? Even in the church, it starts in the church. So we're, we're, we're humbled, and he says, get up and be meek, starting here. Starting here. When we say ready break, amen. And you all stand up and you turn and you start to have conversation. Woo! Conversation. <laughs> No one's going to talk when <laughs> it's gonna be very quiet, because I don't want to step on toes. Everyone's going to be like, no, you get the donut. No, you go first. Everyone's so going to be like, now, Because like, no. I know some of you. As soon as he says, amen, some of you are the donut dashers. just like, shh. Because you know, if you, if you stick around chit-chatting, all the good ones are gone. <laughs> You're playing. You're the skilled ones. The laugh girl over there betrays you. You're like, you're so church. You know, you know. It's it's amazing, right? The church is just, it's just the redeemed. It's just the redeemed. It's a bunch of grace. God, I don't know if He ever looks down on us, but do you ever wonder what He thinks? jesus right you get jesus right right three years he's like really really that one conversation. hey jesus show us the father and then we'll he's like really good i've been with you so long right so there's a lot of grace here we understand that but it requires humility and meekness even before you get to your car today even before you get to your car right And then in the world, 2 Timothy twelve. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life will be persecuted. It's It's coming. John 16.33, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So, we're humbled before God, we would love to stay there, that's just a great place to be. He says, no, you gotta go. In meekness, starting in the church, and then you want to be godly, you're gonna catch it. And by the way, yeah, you can have trials and tribulations, and just in the world, this is all involved. And if you don't set your heart right with humility and meekness, <sighs> the scale gets quickly out of balance. The scale gets quickly out of balance, right? So what is it, real quick? Just, what does the New Testament say about this word meekness, Colossians 3.12? It's something we're supposed to put on. We put it on, Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. It's a choice. It's a choice. First Peter, your, Peter, your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold, jewelry, or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a meek and quiet spirit. Which is a great worth in God's sight. Wow, what? What? You want to shine and be spiritually fashion, fashion savvy? He says, hey, put on meekness. Adorn yourself with that. Meekness is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, or meekness, self control. Meekness is mentioned in the Sermon on the Mount. Very famous verse. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And meekness is used to describe two guys in the Bible. Moses, number 12, 3. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Moses was the most meek out of everyone at that time. And then Matthew 11. Jesus describes himself as being meek. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Right? So, based on those verses, based on the description of Moses and Jesus, we should probably understand biblical meekness. Amen? It's important. It's important. He used to describe Moses. He was the, the most meek on the face of the earth, and Jesus says, I'm meek, and we're following our rabbi, right? So far, Jesus says, I'm meek, I should want to say, I want to be meek, but what is it? And this word meek, Right? what are you talking about? Meek, right? There's a lot of misconceptions. I looked up uh, in the secular dictionaries, right? Here's some here's some definitions, which actually may be intrigued. Right? I said, hey, define meekness. Here's what a, a secular dictionary would say. Deficient in spirit and courage Not strong Compliant So right away, we tend to equate meek with Weak weak. Meek I knew that Christianity was for sissies Meek Meek Right? Meek Because if you look it up Deficient in spirit and courage Sign me up (laughs) And yet Moses, if you look at the true story of Moses and read the whole... He was anything but deficient in spirit of courage. He went before Pharaoh. He led almost a million people through the wilderness. He dealt with the complaints. Moses was a leader. Jesus was anything but deficient. Right? So it doesn't really mean that. And then I was looking through this... And I saw Urban Dictionary. Now you have to be real careful with Urban Dictionary. I'm like Urban Dictionary. I wonder what they have for meekness. Okay? Disclaimer, do not go to Urban Dictionary, but I just like... <laughs> So I typed in meekness. Here's the Urban Dictionary. I was like, son. Urban Dictionary, definition of meekness. White is always right. <laughs> 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 what? what? Okay. Is that what, is that biblical meekness? Okay, right? <laughs> and spirit and courage. Wife is always right. <laughs> There's this picture. I think when I say meek, you think of this. <laughs> meek is a mouse. <laughs> let's just come to Jesus let's just gather around let's just be meek as nice. let's just be meek uh, you want to come to Jesus you want to come to Jesus I know you run a million dollar company you want to come to Jesus and just be meek as a mouse right? honestly, how many of you, honestly that, that, that tended to be what you thought of meek, if you're honest meek as a mouse, right? okay, meek that's not it That's not it. Look at 1 Timothy 6.12, it says up here, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. So that little mouse probably is not what Paul had in mind when he was calling men to be men of God. Right? Believe them all, and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and meekness. Then he says, fight the good fight. Not a mouse. Not a mouse. Not Jesus. Jesus wasn't a mouse. Moses wasn't a mouse. So what is it? Well, we'll start with what it isn't. All right, Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not timidity or shyness. Meekness is not cowardice. Meekness is not passivity, indifference, or apathy. Meekness is not never getting angry. Meekness is not being easygoing, being nice. Meekness is not, I just put that being a punk. <laughs> right? Being a pushover. Being a doormat. But if we're honest, a lot of us are like, yeah, dude. I'm guessing somewhere along that list you would say, what is meekness? What is, you know? Isn't that, that's not it? It's not a mouse, and it's not any of that. What is it, right? What is it? And again, I'm going to encourage you, as we move forward into the definition, it's not just this word that you can just like, boom, here it is. Because really, meekness goes back to something that's born out, a heart condition, a spirit, if you will, that's born out of complete biblical humility. And when you get there, at a relationship with God, it's, it changes your heart so much that, Meekness is what's born out of that relationship, right? But there are some definitions. It's the quality of not being overly impressed by a sense of one's self-importance. It's having one's emotions under control. It's the opposite of self-assertion, rudeness, harshness, self-will, right? Aristotle actually helps us understand it, because even the Greeks even the Greeks, were trying to figure this out, right? According to Aristotle... Right Meekness is this. It's the middle standing between two extremes. Getting angry without reason, and not getting angry at all. Therefore, meekness is getting angry at the right time, in the right measure, for the right reason. It's a condition of mind and heart, which demonstrates gentleness, not in weakness, but in power. It is a balanced going strength and character. So it's not never getting angry, and it's not flying off the handle, it's getting angry at the right time in the right measure. Kind of reminds me of Jesus in the temple. Hmm? Remember Jesus? He got angry. It was a righteous anger. What happened to Moses when he came down from the mountain and they were dancing? He got angry. So meekness is this emotion under control where there are times when you get righteously riled up. You get angry over the things that offend God. Right? It's strength under control. The Greeks, they just, the Greeks described it as a wild animal that's been tamed. That's I love that. Strength under control. A wild animal that's been tamed. Right? There's a Latin word which defined as being used to the hand. Meaning it's the taming of wild animals are used to the hand. In Jeremiah God describes his idolatrous people As people are fleeing after other gods And he describes them As a wild donkey Just out of control In Jeremiah 2, 23 and 25 His people are out there Pursuing other gods And he says You're like a camel and a donkey You're just out of control Right? Right? 1 Peter 4 says, You have spent enough time in the past doing what pagans choose to do, living in debauchery, lust, drunkenness, orgies, carousing, and testable idolatry. They are surprised that you do not join them in their reckless, wild living, and they heap abuse on you. How many of us would be honest before we came to the Lord? Yeah, we're kind of untamed by choice. We're just out there, kind of wild doing our own thing, maybe living on the edge. Some of us may be wild and doing some crazy things. Maybe some of us wild, not so crazy, but just wild in heart. Still wild, though. Untamed. You can't tell me what to do. You're, you're not the boss of me. Anyone? Right? And any time anyone tried to, to tame you, rein you in, woo! watch out, right? Watch out. And so this idea of meekness, and I love this definition, by Colin Smith, says meekness is the means by which God tames the sinful soul by taming the temper, subduing the assertive self, calming the passion, managing the impulses of the heart, and bringing order out of chaos in the soul. Meekness is such a, a work on our heart out of humility that God tames our wild, out-of-control sinful nature. And what does he do? He brings it under his spirit control. Amen? All that energy, all that enthusiasm, all that, ah, that we used to invest in the world, and we're just going crazy, crazy, crazy. Come on, let's go here. It's Friday. Let's go here. Let's go here. Let's look at this. He says, no. I'm going to harness all of that under the Holy Spirit for my purpose now. He's going to harness it, right? See, I love this picture, because that's I look at that and I'm like, that was me before I knew Jesus. Anyone? Someone tries to rein me in? Mom, dad, especially older sister? Woo! And anyone who tries to get on me and just steer me? You're getting bucked off, buddy. Just get off me. I remember when I was so mad, and, and people, I would feel like people trying to just like... I remember I, my, my phrase growing up when I was so angry and just wanted to do my own thing. I would just say, get off me! those pictures, it's like, that's us, that's us out of control, wild living, just, just being our own boss, just be wild and free, right, and the guy says, no, I, gotta, I, wanna, I want meekness, reigns all that in, it's strength under control, and then I thought of this for all of you Kentucky Derby fans, <laughs> that's meekness, that's not a mouse, that's meekness, that's strength under control. That's what God does in your life and in my life. When we're just out there, out there, out there, He says, No, no, no. Humble yourself before me. Yield. Walk in my spirit, and I'm going to do something in you. I'm going to bring all of that gifting and all of that energy that you were putting into wild living, and it's going to be brought under control. Under control, right? And isn't that really kind of the sanctification? Go ahead, Eileen. See, this is kind of where I live. This is sanctification for me. On good days, I let God steer me. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> that, right? Oh, we gotta jump. Let's jump. <laughs> <laughs> On bad days, or when certain things happen, <clears throat> I love these pictures because it's like the sanctification. It's the old versus new. Amen, anyone? Right? You're feeling like, ah, oh, some days I'm just, let's go, Jesus. Oh, Things are good. Other times, when someone took my donut, <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you're like bucking and brocketeer I wanted a donut, no one like, You're just mad. <laughs> I love these pictures because that's us, right? And meekness, meekness. Says, Lord, okay, I recognize it. Let's just be honest. See, part of being meek and humble is just honesty. Amen? Let's just be honest. But for the supernatural work of God and the power of His Holy Spirit, we would still be living under here. Trying to do our own thing <laughs> while living, throwing off all restraint, wanting to be the boss, the authority. But for the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, we yield, we submit. Right? There's a story I was. In a video I watched of a, of a gaucho uh, cowboy down in Patagonia, South America, and they showed him taming a wild horse. And it's really interesting because they, they got the wild horse, put him in the pan, he comes out, and the horse, he goes in, and the horse is kind of eyeballing him, and he says, hey, you got to get the attention of the horse, and he puts his hand out, so the horse can start to get used to his scent. He puts his hand out, and the horse is skittish and, you know, so as soon as the horse turns his head or turns away, he goes, ah! <laughs> and he scares the horse and the horse around the corral. <laughs> Slows down, they do it again. Every time the horse looks at him, he's very calm. I'm trying to get him used and he starts to edge up. The second the horse turns away and doesn't look at him, he goes, ah! He's training the horse that when he looks at the gaucho, it's all calm and good. But anytime he takes his eyes off, it's scary and I need to run. And over hours and hours and hours, the horse starts to look at him more and longer, longer and longer. He gets closer and closer. Now. And the narrator says this the horse has to decide if he trusts the gaucho. It's an issue of trust. It's an issue of trust. Of course, at the very end, he gets him, and he smells, and he does this, and there's incredible bonding, and over hours and hours, he gets the pride on him, and then before you know it, the horse that was skittish and bolting, several hours later, he's on top, and he's being led. He's been tamed out of trust. And I think about that, that maybe some of us, right, we go, Ah Lord, and we want to bolt, and we want, da, 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 and it's really, do I trust God? And he's just like, hey, I'm good, you can trust me. Because I don't know about you, every time I take my eyes off of God and I turn on the news and I look at the world, I get pretty skittish. And I have to choose to come back to God and just look at him. And he he doesn't change. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He didn't even change. And I saw this picture and I'm like, you know what? But I uh, I saw the picture and I'm like, you know what? I just want to do that with God. I just wanna I just wanna to come to a place where I just rest and I just let let God put his hand on me, so to speak, and I'm just like a when you get to that place, then you kind of start to understand meekness. Then you understand meekness. When you say, okay, I trust you. I'm now at peace. I rest under you. Authority, I submit. You want to go left. You want to go right. Where are we going? You're in control. But I trust you and I'm resting. I'm not going to run from you anymore. I'm not scared of you, God. I trust. And when you have that then you understand weakness. And it's that and with God leading and directing you that you go into the world. And you interact with people that can be really mean And life that can be really difficult. But you're going, not by yourself, not as a wild fucking bronco, but you're going, being led by the Lord in meekness and trust. I love this verse in James. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with what? Meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. This idea of meekness as a heart, you know what? It's directly related to how we're supposed to receive the word of God. Receive it with meekness. Yes, okay. I don't want to be the wild bucking bronco. Well, yeah, well, let's debate that. Well, yeah, let's, yeah, 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 right, yeah, right. <laughs> no. with meekness, you're like, Lord. Okay. I received this. This truth this is God's truth, right? I love this quote by Warren Wiersbe. When you receive the word with with meekness, you accept it. Do not argue with it, and honor it as the word of God. You do not try to twist it to conform to your thinking. That's what Jesus does. It comes out of your relationship with God, and then you're now open and receptive to receiving his word, which is good, amen? Mm -hmm. That's, That's the relationship. And then as you receive his word, what does his word give us direction to do? How to deal with each other. Every relationship, every life circumstance comes from here. So that's why meekness goes right out into every relationship and every circumstance in life. A.W. Tozer says this, The meek man is not a human mouse afflicted with a sense of his own inferiority. Rather, he may be more in his moral life as bold as a lion and as strong as Samson. But he has stopped being fooled about himself. He has accepted God's estimate of his own life. He knows he is as weak and helpless as God has declared him to be. But paradoxically, he knows at the same time that he is in the sight of God of more importance than angels. In himself, nothing. In God, everything. That is his motto. Amen? He knows well that the world will never see him as God sees him. And you know what? He has stopped caring. He rests perfectly content to allow God to place his own values. You see... So when we talk about being a new creation, when we talk about being your complete, loved, accepted, pleasing, when we talk about all these positional truths, a meek heart, someone who's meek says, thank you, I received that, I just received that. Wow, and the crazy thing is you're back on your knees home, (laughs) right? So question, one last picture, how do you see yourself? Which one are you? Are you the meek little mouse? Or are you strength under control? Because that's what God says. And what you believe has has impacts on every relationship and every circumstance you're going to face today and tomorrow for the rest of your life. Are you at a place to receive what God says about you in His Word? And what God says about how you and I are supposed to love each other. And how we're supposed to deal with trials and tribulations. Are you at a place in meekness to receive God's word? And then act on it. And then act on it. We'll close with the story in Matthew 26. Remember that uh, Jesus is betrayed by Judas. And they come to come get him. Matthew twenty-six, fifty-one. With that, one of Jesus' companions, right? Judas shows up in the garden, and his mob comes to arrest Jesus, right? And there's a reaction, there's a response by one of Jesus' disciples. Verse 51. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Jesus is about to be arrested mob comes one of his boys reacts maybe with the best of intention whooshing whack right? Jesus has a completely different reaction Amen don't you know I didn't call down 12 legions the disciple I look at that as a lot of times that's how I and maybe we react to circumstances something, somebody says something someone injures us someone, <laughs> someone's rude someone steps on our toes life happens I'm ready to take off somebody's ear right and Jesus, in meekness, says, no, 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 put it away. Put it away. This is part of God's plan. I could call down 12 inches. I got that kind of power. But it's not time for that. One responds in the flesh. Jesus responds in meekness. In obedience to God's word. Now you're like, how is that possible? Where, where does that come from, Right? Well, it came from a moment Jesus had with his Father in the garden. In Matthew 26, 39, right? Just a few verses before this, it says, Going a little further, he, Jesus, fell with his face to the ground and, said, and prayed, My Father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from you. Yet, not as I will, but as you will. Do you hear the meekness? The surrender? The yield? The I trust you. The everything in me wants to run, but I trust you. Okay. And out of that yieldedness, out of that submission, out of that moment of, of humility and father and surrender and submission, he says, Okay, Jesus, now you gotta go. In meekness. And just that much short time passes, and he's confronted with the rest and the events that follow. And it was that moment in the garden, <sighs> Father, I trust you, I yield. Not my will, but your will be done. That moment of humility and surrender led to the next step of meekness and response. And that's the same model, I love that principle for us every day, every day. That's why we should have time with Father every day, <laughs> throughout the day. We humble ourselves, we're, we're just in love with Him, we, we're reminded of His holiness, of His graciousness, and He says, okay, now you got to go, you got to go and you got to walk in my will, you got to go and walk in my Holy Spirit, and you know what, people in the church may not all be nice, and the world's going to persecute you, and there's going to be trials and tribulations, but if you go, and you're trusting it's my will, and you're leaning on me, you'll handle it in me. You'll handle it in deepness, gentleness. Gentleness. You won't just be out there hacking people all day. Because I know when I'm in the flesh, I'm just ready to go hack people for a day. Like, right? You ever feel like you mid- one day, all you felt was like just going through the jungle with the machine. Because <laughs> it was one thing after another, and you're just ah, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? and you get home, I'm exhausted. How was your day? I just felt like I was hacking through the jungle. Some of us need to say, Lord, okay, we're strength under control. You lead You lead Right? I'm astounding. I'm a thoroughbred. I'm a Kentucky Derby winner. In Jesus. Because I have everything I need for life <laughs> and godliness. I'm a new creation. I'm in love by the Holy Spirit. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Amen. that meekness is not meekness. Thank you that ultimately meekness is born out of humility, who you are and who we are in Christ, that meekness is strength under control, the power of God, the Holy Spirit, new creations, resurrection power, all harnessed under the power. Lord, would you please do what only you can do so that we would receive your word with meekness and then act upon it. Act upon it. Believe it. Trust you. We sang a song that God is good all the time. While well, he's telling some people here, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You can trust me. You can trust me. You can trust me. Yield, submit. Yield, submit. Humble yourself. I got a plan for you. Trust me. Trust me. And follow me in meekness. Follow me in meekness. The power of the Holy Spirit. Just follow me.